Welcome to another Parts Now Known. We were off for a week. Uh, maybe maybe we'll get a little frisky and do a, do a double drop next week. I don't know. We'll see what happens, scheduling and all. But uh, this week, Tanzania, which, what, the fifth episode, right? I think. Yeah, sounds right. I think it's the fifth episode. Yeah, because Vietnam was like four. Um, Obama does not appear in this episode either, in case yeah. you're wondering. <laughs> This episode is actually pretty cool, though. Uh, I agree. He goes to the two places that you would go to if you were a tourist to Tanzania. Really, he goes to Zanzibar, which is like this island off the main coast. And then he goes to the Serengeti Desert uh, for like the second half of the episode. And that's basically just safari country. Like you see lions, uh, giraffes, elephants, like all that stuff. So pretty cool episode overall just like it kind of starts off with like him scuba diving and everything have which leads kind of to the the first question have you ever been scuba diving i haven't i've been snorkeling hell no no i haven't not that i i I say it as if i wouldn't i would but it's like the only way you get to go scuba diving is like you go to some place tropical i feel like and then they just you just like while you're on vacation you have to learn this like you go to school i don't even think it's that long it's not really a school. It's like a class. And I just don't know. I don't know about it. Would I, uh, would I blow your mind if I told you that there's somewhere in Ohio that you can go take a scuba diving class? It kind of makes sense. Like in a pool or something? I don't know the exact thing. Um, there's this, what is it? Uh, oh, it's actually Columbus Scuba Inc. Uh, I think it's kind of like the main one. But yeah, I think they just take you in probably like a pool. Uh, they might take you out on like the river or into a lake or something, but I can't imagine you're going to see too much in a lake. Probably pretty murky. Yeah, I was going to say kind of gross. The river, maybe like in the middle of like summer or something, you might be able to see stuff. But I don't know if I would really want to go scuba diving in like the Scioto River because they do pull bodies out of there every once in a while. And like the, how to like, you know, really, really mess up your psyche and never want to go scuba diving again. Just like, yeah, I went scuba diving in the Sayota River and I found a dead body and I had to call it in. Like, Was it, did we talk about this on the podcast about the guys that go magnet fishing? Uh, yeah, you mentioned it. Yeah, that was the Bronx episode, I think. Yeah, so same kind of deal there. You go magnet fishing, just once again for all the new listeners, I know we're gaining traction week to week. Um, but no, I, the this huge magnet you can pull out like bicycles and shotguns and all kinds of stuff. Like same thing at the side of the river. Like you're just pulling out garbage. I don't want to go scuba diving that like a coral reef. You got my attention. Like that would be cool to go. And I think that's like a common scuba thing. There's like good places to scuba. It's like, it's like surfing. I think where it's like, okay, I've got like, these are the 10 best spots. Everybody that really, really wants to surf, but wants to go to these spots. And I think scuba is like that too. And I don't think anywhere in Ohio is probably very high on the list. No, no, for sure. But I'm just saying, like, if you really wanted to learn to scuba. I don't know. I don't have that desire. You don't have to go outside the 270 loop. That's all I'm telling you. Plus, I don't know, like, if I could really, like, I, my flippers, I got, a, I got a, bad, a bad left flipper right now. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, obviously, it's like when the knee's all good to go, get the all clear. When he's like, yeah, you, you can start running those uh, those shuttle drills on the football field again, you know? Shit. Um, 
no, but I like this episode a lot. And I had a lot of, like, I had more notes on that. Not like, but they weren't good notes. You know, it's me still, but um, there was a lot going on like for, for where they really, I mean, he really just went to two places. Right. And yeah. I know some, some of them, he, you know, he just stays in Rome or he does this, but like, I don't know. I just felt like we, there was a lot of food, um, which is kind of surprised. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. There was definitely more food than I anticipated just with not really like remembering much about this episode. Um, and then also normally I think for like when he does a country kind of like this, like he usually goes to kind of like whatever the big, you know, capital city is, which uh, Zanzibar might be, you know, the actual capital city. Um, but like he usually goes to some big, like, you know, mainland city. And this is how people really live. Like he doesn't normally give you just a full episode of like the cool tour shit you could do if you're going there kind of thing. Yeah. You know, but Speaking maybe that's just because he, well, me, I was just say like, maybe that's just because he got, uh, he was interviewing that one guy whose family had, you know, been there. I think it was like four generations or whatever when they were kind of going through it because he's trying to like line yeah. up the slave trade the guy that's and half, that guy gave half him, indian yeah and he gave him like all like the background so maybe it was just like oh we got a really good like guest appearance guy who can just speak to everything that you want to know about we don't have to go to three other locations to kind of put it all together well and that's what surprised me too is that they start naming off like where some of this food comes from and all the different influences and it kind of reminded me, not while I was watching it, I just thought of this just now, but the way Morocco is and that you have all those different influences. I didn't, first of all, I had to look up where Zanzibar was, number one, right, in Tanzania. I was thinking it was uh, that little country above South Africa because I'm an idiot. Um, oh, what, what country is that though? <laughs> I can't remember. No, uh, Tanzania is, so if you're not looking at a map, you're just listening to this. It's below Kenya, but it is above Mozambique and it's east of Rwanda, essentially. And then like pretty much right next to Rwanda on the other side is the Congo. Yeah. I just didn't expect to have like Indian um, and Arabic influenced food. Like when I just, even when you put it all together of like where it's located, it makes a little more sense, but still not as much, you know, like, so I found that really interesting. Just all the different influences. Can we just talk like, I know this isn't like chronologically correct or, or whatever, but I just, when I was watching this and this is like a thing, right. Have you ever like done any fucking excursions where it's like some guy like opens up a thing and he's like, Oh, I moved here and now I'll give tools, you know? And he like, I don't know why it's got a weird accent, but <laughs> why is he Australian? <laughs> They always have like some weird, they're from somewhere else. They come to a place and then like they get a couple ATVs or a truck and they like take you on this authentic experience. Right. Anyways, when he's eating the food, like, so they're, they're out there in the Serengeti. Oh, the picnic table thing. What are, who puts, this is a common theme. And I, I don't know, like, I want some feedback on this from anybody that listens. Like if you've been on one of these things, these guys must be great at like adventuring, but their menus are always absolute fucking dog shit. Like I remember I did one in Mexico and they gave us a slaw sandwich. This is the weirdest fucking thing in my life, but like nothing ever goes together. They're like, uh, it's like they just wake up in the morning and they're like, fuck, I forgot to buy groceries again for the fucking tour today. 
And they're just like, all right, I've got some cashews, uh, some canned tuna, and some fruit roll-ups. And that's what we'll have for lunch. And you're like, what? It's the same thing happens here. You're in the Serengeti and there's like pesto, pasta, and brownies. The fuck is this guy? Why? Like, I, whatever. I guess that's easy to cook there or something. Side note, it's fucking not. But why, why is that what you get? Do you know what I mean? It doesn't even go together. I would eat it. I get it. If you're in, I don't care. It's not, that's not why you're there. It's just interesting to me that no matter it's, I've, I've seen this going on school trips. You go to the fucking place. It never makes any sense. None of this stuff. Sorry. I'm, I don't know why I'm so upset. No, you're good. Uh, so a couple things just to check off the list. So the capital city of Tanzania is Dodoma. They don't go there. Countries above South Africa. I'm guessing you were thinking of either. Uh, actually, Mozambique is kind of above it on the coast, but there's Eswatini, which is one of the small ones. Zimbabwe is above it. Botswana, and that uh, Lesotho is the one that's like in the middle of it, just constantly like surrounded. That's what I was thinking of. So it's not technically above; it's surrounded. Um, but getting back to kind of your whole thing on the food. The only assumption I can have is that that food came from the resort that he was staying at. Oh, they put it, put it together, packed it up, but you're pretty accurate with like, I remember we did uh, just like, it was like a day trip on a boat in Australia, like to the coral reef. And it was just, yeah, like they had, I mean, seven or eight people, you know, staff. And obviously the most of their job is like, oh, if you're going to go snorkeling, here's your gear and yeah. scuba diving's over here, whatever. But yeah, the menu was just like, I mean, it was like basic coffee, like Folgers coffee was like for the ride out there. Right. Yeah. Which, okay, fine. I'm fine with coffee. All right, fine. But like, there was like a handful of pastries, they were all clearly store-bought and getting on the stale side. Um, I'm trying to remember what else. There was like shrimp, I think, for lunch. For breakfast? No, lunch. Oh, Jesus. See, that that's what I was getting more at, though. The kind of shit I've been on, they would have shrimp for breakfast. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no. There, there really wasn't too much breakfast. It was just like these little shitty pastries. And I'm accounting for, I'm accounting for this is in another country. So I don't expect it to be like, I get a breakfast burrito. Like I get it. Okay. I'm just saying that like, it's just, it's always fun. It's even weird for the place. Like if, when I was the went to the Mexican one and the, if you, if he's like, all right, we're going to trade this out today. We're taking all locals and you get on there and they hand you that sandwich. Everybody's going to go like, what the fuck is this? And where are you taking me? Why am I, why do I have a slaw sandwich? Like what the fuck? Yeah. Anyway. It just, it feels like they just try and cut like, that's where they cut the cost. Cost, yeah, because it's like yeah. you know, it's all inclusive. Then make it a whatever. sandwich. Make it a sandwich. I would almost. I'm sure you could do. I don't know if you could do this. I mean, maybe there's some regul, but like, if there's regulations against sandwiches, then they can. Well, no, no, I meant like bring your own, like bring your own lunch. But then you run into the whole point where it's like you got like this really cool spread, and like everybody else is like staring at you, like some of your food man you can eat all that you know what i mean yeah yeah right so i don't know but yeah that I'd, yeah you never get like great food on those things and look i like i said my issue has been that it just doesn't make sense i'm okay like i know it's gonna kind of suck i'm there to do the thing yeah yeah but 
it's like when it sucks and it doesn't make any sense, that's where I have a problem. Like you can give me one or the other. Like, okay, this is a shitty peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Got it. Cool. Understood. How do you get a shitty peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Though? Motherfucker, they exist, dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> they're always they're always made like a day early and they've been they've been oh, so the jelly like, like soaks into the bread. See, see, yeah. now, now you're with me. It can be done. It yeah. can be done. That's true. There's um, bad sex too, Ray. <laughs> it's hard to believe, but it's out there. It's happened. Do you uh do you need another five minutes to rant on that too? <laughs> <laughs> no, first of all, I don't think anyone wants to hear that. And and your boy's got a knee brace on, so no sex is happening for a while. You know, cut that part out. Leave it in, but at least everyone should know that I said to cut it out. I know you don't want to hear that. It's less editing that I have to do if I don't have to cut it. Yeah, what should we talk um, about now? I don't know how we're going to talk that. Well, I mean, that that does lead into those teak doors. You know, they were putting those flowers on there. That was supposed to, you know mean like uh i think like fertilization or something so so that kind of leads there those are really like nice doors but um yeah, they're mahogany that's when you teak. know yeah both like how much are the how much is that wood like if you were to buy mahogany furniture in a store we're talking what 10 15 grand like real mahogany i know teak is super expensive yeah because that's what they use for uh ships or at least they used to I don't think any ships really have like wood decks anymore necessarily. Maybe they do. I don't know. Um, in the U.S. with like the the Navy and stuff, but yeah. So Zanzibar, it was basically the central hub for the slave trade. It's pretty much like a rinse and repeat story. Like country is just hanging out, winds up having some sort of natural resource. In this case, it's basically people uh, gets colonized by you know, either the Dutch or eventually the British, because the British had almost like the entire globe at one point. Mm -hmm. And then, um, then there's a revolution. A lot of people die and uh, there's a new regime. Usually that first guy or second guy gets assassinated. Uh, and then kind of everything runs its course. And then they are just kind of there now. It, it, you know, they, what was really surprising to me when, especially the first part of the episode when he's at uh, Zanzibar is that no corporation had come in and just been like, and just like dropped in, you know, resorts or something on the beach. You know what I mean? That was odd. I wonder what the, there's gotta be some instability still, right? I'm sure there's some, I mean, with all pretty much all like the African nations, I feel like there's, they're not like, it's not a powder keg situation, but it's, you know, it's a constant like balancing of the scales, trying to keep everything level. But I mean, who are we to talk here in America? But uh, I guess 99% of the population is Muslim, which was surprising, especially for like a- Is that, that seems high, right? That's really high for- Like, I feel like even in Iran, like you would have, like that's high for that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 99, I mean, that's really- it's basically the entire country yeah. is Muslim which is just not something you would ever really know, I guess. Yeah, the rest are Scientologists. <laughs> it's just, it's just either, you're either Muslim or Scientologist. There's no in between. But yeah, I mean, like all the architecture is kind of like, you know, old colonial style, like Portugal stuff. It looks beautiful. It's a beautiful place. That's also one nice thing about this episode too. We didn't get that like colonial, like this is how they used to eat scene. 
Ooh, yeah, I didn't notice that. But you're right. We were approaching it at the uh, at the really nice hotel that's inside the fallen volcano. Not technically inside, but you know what I mean, like in that little perimeter. Which that's that's a really cool, like just the idea of that. That like all that because at least that's how I understood it, right? So there's basically like an earth wall around this fallen volcano, and like all the wildlife and everything exists just in there. Is that right? Or am I? Yeah. So it used to be a volcano like billions of years ago. And then the dome of it collapsed in on itself and that created the caldera. And that's where, you know, because it's so high up, like you get some rain and everything, and then you have all the ecosystems in there. And that's essentially why, you know, you have the Serengeti, which some of it's a desert, but like there is, you know, trees and stuff and you have like this abundance of life. The same thing kind of with Hawaii too. Um, it's just a smaller scale. You just said that like Tulsi Gabbard. Like I'm kind of, impre- <laughs> I'm kind of impressed. <laughs> uh, Hawaii. Uh, I'm not friends with uh, Bashir Sadad, but um, whatever. Or what's his name? Wow. Uh, Bashir. Uh, is it Al-Assad? It's fake news, Ray. The dictator in Syria. I don't know. I don't think she's friends with him either. Yeah, I think she has some connections that came out during the Democratic primary. <laughs> and like I said, I think that's fake news. You know what I mean? You want to attack a veteran, you can do that, Ray. I'm not going <laughs> to sit here. And, I'm not going to sit here and do it. Yeah, she also didn't. She wasn't very uh, LGBTQ friendly, I believe, for a while. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. You think so? This, I, this is not... like that Joe Rogan, Barry Weiss <laughs> conversation. Or just... I don't have it in front of me, but yeah. it's, it's on here in the computer. Yeah, just gotta, no, I just got to sure. look it up. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, w- I wouldn't mention it if I couldn't like act, you know, pretty much accurately remember the situation. All right. So what about the, I thought we were going to get more with the coffee. Cause I just think of that portion of the world as being very like coffee is super, it's kind of the cradle of it's coffee. It's a big export usually. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting to me. That was just kind of like, it's here. Um, but those pastries and everything look delicious the way they kind of start out the morning, everybody's sitting around. Oh, you're talking about, uh, yeah. Where... I'm jumping all over the episode. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I just got to find it. Yeah. So they're, they're still on. So we're going back to Zanzibar. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're in uh, stone town, which is kind of like the main neighborhood on the Island. And yeah, I think it was uh Bahia's, which were like, it was like a fried lentil fritter with turmeric and cumin. There's some sort of like fried dough pastry too, as well. I think they called it like a flipper. Uh, and then they had the coffee, which apparently is bitter and spice. So I probably wouldn't have liked the coffee. I'm not a big bitter person. It's not a flavor I enjoy too much. What is that? Yeah. Like what is, what are some bitter foods? Cause I don't think I, I eat them either. It's not a very American. That's not like an American palate thing. Is it? No, it's, it's definitely a like Chinese, like, like real Chinese food has like bitterness or. Uh, I think you can get some. Yeah. But it's, I think, you know, there's. A lot of Southeast Asian cuisine, I think there's a bitter component to it. Okay. I think with just some of the herbs and stuff that they're able to source and coffee, it's just kind of like they don't put, except for like Vietnamese coffee is like, you know, milk and stuff. Condensed Uh, milk. That is like, that's some good stuff, dude. Like you're, it's weird because you're making yourself, like you're giving yourself diabetes, but then also energy. So it's this weird, like, oh, I'm insulin resistant. I need a nap. And then I also, it's like, oh, I want to go hiking. Like, it's just weird. Yeah. Well, that's the thing also in like Somalia, I forget, like they have this one drink and it's, it's like, it's pretty much 
along the lines of Vietnamese coffee, you know, with condensed milk, it's super sweet. And you're just like, you guys drink this like every day? Cause it's bait. It's- we could probably get that in Columbus, right? Oh yeah, you can. Stuff. Yeah. You can get it from, um, Oh, uh, what's the main Somali restaurant we have. They just opened the stall in the North market. They probably have it there. Yeah, they probably do. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's called good golly Somali. No. And that's a good name. Uh, can we cut, can we cut that? It's not Kalui. I don't think. What was, I'm trying to remember the shot. That's it. It's a spiced it. No, no, it's a spiced tea. It's called Shah. And it is like the ingredients here, brown sugar, cardamom, whole milk, cinnamon. It's supposed to be a tea, but it is so damn sweet. It sounds kind of like orchata and like a weird, I know that's rice based, but just the cinnamon and how sweet it is. I've had it. And I was like, no wonder why you guys all like fail your blood sugar tests. (laughs) Like, <laughs> i think you need to, i think you need to explain that a little bit <laughs> you get, like why do you know about somali blood tests no just because we people would have to do these lab exams uh for a job that we were hiring for and they basically have their blood drawn and if your blood sugar level was with not within a certain range they would basically say like you had to have it in a certain range before you could start this job because it was overseas and if you weren't, they were worried that like you'd become diabetic, but everybody who was of Somali nationality who took these basic blood panels, like would constant, like it had to be 85% would fail the first round because they were drinking shah all the time. And it's just plain sweetness. That's hilarious. So it's kind of wild. Um, should we talk about the street food? Because that's what impressed me about this place. Sure. All right. So this is what sucks is that like I'm not adventurous enough to just like find like go to this place and just try all the street food. Like I want the the guy, fourth generation guy like he had taking me around and like showing me what to eat. But like everything they ate looked amazing. There was this one uh, I wrote it down, which I never do. Um, but it was this mayonnaise, egg, beef. Oh, the pizza. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I didn't think pizza. I called it a pastry. They called it pizza. They said it was Zanzibar pizza. Okay. Well, I was like writing and then trying. I'm not good at notes. Katie, Katie said, ew. Ew to that. She said, ew to that. I think it might've been the mayo or something. I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's chopped up onion, beef, tomato, cheese, mayo, and egg. To me, it seemed more like a hot pocket. Like a thin hot pocket. That's yeah. That's why I called it a paste. Because that that's what happened is I didn't hear pizza and I just looked at it and to me it was like ingredients and then it was almost like a like a Danish pastry looking thing on the outside with all of it in the middle. So that's why that my mind went there. But it looked delicious and Bourdain seemed to like it. Yeah, it looked good. I think you could find that street market pretty easily. I think it's pretty popular because they were talking about how the one guy moved out of the area because they kept jacking up the rent. Cause it was so popular there. So, and he like moved down the street. He was the dude with the chicken stand. Yeah. Which, okay. I'm, when I see grilled skewers of chicken, I immediately just think it's going to be dry. And I don't, I think it's because I've had so many like chicken kebabs that are fucking dry that like I'm looking at it and then they pour all the sauce over it. And I'm like, okay, that'll be fine. But did you have that thought too? Like anytime you see grilled chicken? No, my thought usually goes to, hopefully they seasoned it and it's just not chicken grilled on a stick 
You know what I mean? Like hopefully it's some other flavor in there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, here it looks like there is because they seasoned it with a whole bunch of stuff: garlic, lime, coriander, ginger, salt, pepper. Uh, I think there's like sauces that come too. So what was the ketchup? It had what did it have in it? Do you remember? They said tamarind chili sauce. Yeah, but it was like had ketchup too. Like it was like they basically watered down ketchup with cool shit and then poured it all over French fries. I'm here for it. I would try it. Um, that they just said it was, I think it was a mix of hot sauce, ketchup, and tamarind. Right. So that's okay. Yeah. For the fries. So, uh, but also going back to like the street food market, I think it's like Danny Gardens is what it's called. It's like street food every night. But it was interesting because it's like he's at that one stand and then him and the guy are like going back forth. It was almost like he was like haggling over what he was getting, but not really. He was just like, yeah, we have this. He's like, okay, that sounds good. We have this and this and this. I'm more interested in that. We have this, 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 and this. And he's like, yeah, I'll take that, 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 you know? Yeah. He wound up getting like the scallops. There's octopus, I think tuna, mahi-mahi, rock shrimp, lobster. Like there's just anything that you could kind of almost put on a stick that they could get, you know, at least from the ocean there, you could find it. So that'd be, I don't know, that was probably the, maybe the best food scene. All right. So something that, that stood out to me in, in that scene, and like, this is how, like, I think we're both slightly pessimistic, maybe, um, or we can, we can think that way sometimes. But anyways, the guy goes like, oh, every, in this country, like we don't turn people down if they ask you for food, at least at the market. He's like, oh, you have to order 30 because you're going to give us some away. And I was like, uh, are you just like making this scene cooler than it is? Or is that like a real thing? And then I had to turn my brain off and I go, maybe that's a real thing. And it's just a different, like a different way of like viewing the world. And like my American brain just can't wrap my head around that. Like giving away, always giving away food to strangers. But like, did you catch that? How do you feel about it? Yeah, it was, I don't know. I think he was kind of gassing that up a little bit. Like, really, you're going to give, like, I have to order 30 so I can keep 10, like, 10 or 15. Um, yeah, I mean, that's also, you know, America is not a big sharing of food uh, culture. Yeah. Usually what's like, I mean, usually what's on your plate is like, this is mine. That's your plate over there. Keep your hands off my French fries kind of thing. But Maybe that is, you know, maybe that is the culture is, you know, super, super inclusive and, and sharing and all that stuff. I don't know. I guess you'd have to go there and experience it firsthand, but definitely a little skeptical on how much he was like hyping it up. I think part of it might've been, he was also hyping up his stand, you know? Yeah. Cause it's free advertisement. Yeah. But it was the, it was the Indian guy that said it though. He's not Indian, but he was a court, like half Indian, but they were, it was yeah, but the voiceover was if they voiced it over, it was all with the the chicken on a stick stand. Yeah, okay. Montage footage in, in yeah. the background. So I don't know. Um it's only apparently an hour to get from Zanzibar to Arusha, which is where he went, and then they drove into the Serengeti. Um there's also Mount Kilimanjaro is in the country too, which I I don't know why I just did not put it there. They don't even, they don't even mention it. That's all they mention it is like, yeah, Mount Kilimanjaro's here. And this is why it's named that. And that was it. <laughs> they never touched on it like at all. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I never thought like Mount Kilimanjaro, I knew it was in Africa, but I just never, never thought it was in Tanzania for whatever reason. 
Um, so the lodge that he stays at fire, fire. How, uh, how much do you think that is per night? We looked it up. So for how many people do you think? A couple grand a night. Well, that's why I don't know. Do you have to rent the whole lodge or is it, do you just, are there different rooms? I think you can, I think it's just a room. Yeah. It's just a room. Cause there's a couple different rooms. We're, we're also, the, I'm talking base, like cheapest room too. Cheapest. All right. Well, here's the other thing. You got the conversion of like, it's in another country. Fuck. It's gotta be at least thousand dollars a night, right? $1,115 a night per person. All inclusive. Dude. I mean, it's pretty fucking badass, though. It is one of those things, like, I don't know if you've ever seen them on Instagram. There's definitely one in South uh, Africa, too, where there's some resort there that you can go and, like, giraffes will, like, peer through your windows. Yeah. All, all the in- Instagram influencers or whatever, I put that in quotes, um, they always do it. And, like, if you scroll, it used to be with Instagram's algorithm you could kind of find that stuff if you're just like looking at cool travel photos and now like i don't know shit's all fucked up yeah with whatever they're doing but they want you to yeah, fight about politics that. um <laughs> that's more of a twitter thing um okay yeah i i thought it was amazing i loved like anytime you got a big tub like that i'm in but the view it was like did it remind you of hawaii like when they were kind of looking out a little bit kind of it'd be obviously not the ocean there but like still well yeah it'd be like if you were looking like inland yeah instead uh yeah i mean it's it's a pretty tropical kind of place yeah it just you're in this kind of tropical bubble inside that you know volcano crater um the caldera there so one thing i thought like and it makes sense learning that it was all inclusive but if you watch that and don't know that the amount of food that is on his table is <laughs> so stupid with like all the good, fruit yeah a good yeah. portion of it's fruit but it's still pretty ridiculous to see all those bowls of fruit and it's just one dude that's crazy. do you think the crew stays there or do they like they just all like stay there for a couple nights they would have had to yeah because where else would you stay yeah and you're not allowed to go out apparently like you're not allowed it's not recommended that you go outside alone at night because there's wild animals and like you might get, you know, attacked. I don't know. You know, I wonder how like accurate that is, or if that's just go ahead and test it, bro. It go happened, ahead, just go it, out there. It happened once, and they had to put that in there. You know, go pet, go pet the hippos, right? Um, one <laughs> sec. Pet the hippo. Um, yeah. I so then they go and they are kind of just riding around in this truck and. You're just surrounded by wildlife. That would be, was that part of the resort or is that a different thing? I never got it. I think it's a different thing, but I think it's pretty much like you could probably book it through the resort type right. deal. This is Because extra... it said, it said on there, uh, the resort's name was the uh, Ngorongoro Crater Lodge is the resort. I've, I couldn't quite catch the name. They had it on the back of like their spare tires on their Jeeps and stuff of uh, the like Safari company. The guy's name was Colin McConnell. I swear he's shown up on another travel show at some point. I was like, I kind of feel like I recognize that guy. But, but then they just kind of talk about just like the ecosystem and like 
how lions kill the big shit and you know then it's like the the vultures break it apart when the lions you know are done with it or if something dies you know the vultures break it apart then the hyenas come in and and there's like undertaker birds and stuff like that and hippos zebras giraffes elephants wildebeests were all kind of in there too um it was pretty cool it was like a mini kind of you know stuff you used to see on like national geographic or discovery channel like back in the the 90s like as a kid sorry i ended up looking this place up and now i'm just sitting here scrolling through like holy shit this looks awesome yeah like something interesting that he said that stood out to me was that like eventually you just get used to seeing the giraffes and everything and you're just like oh, okay cool like i can't imagine like obviously it would happen but i can't imagine getting to that point in the day where it's like oh yeah another another giraffe another you know another lion like it's just weird yeah we did uh this was shit i don't know what six years ago five years ago something we did that the wilds which is like loosely affiliated with the columbus zoo you have to drive out to like zanesville or whatever and it's this old uh reclaimed mining site that they kind of filled in and there's a bunch of different is that affiliated with the guy that let all the animals loose and they had to shoot them off no <laughs> no it's not affiliated with that dude okay because that's zanesville too right yeah that was yeah there's no tigers there they never found that monkey hey their explanation for the monkey was uh tiger ate it and i'm like mm, i don't know about that one yeah nah that's you know a few years later we got corona so just saying that'd be crazy if that like it all got traced back to this dude from 2011 who let monkeys out of cages before he killed himself. Yeah. And then it turns out like he used to date Tiger King. They had a falling out. That's that's what the uh that's why he let everything out. Because Tiger King broke up with him. Didn't he have cancer and that's why he killed himself and let every, all the animals out? I can't remember. I just remember the after. I know he committed suicide. And people were like, I just saw a tiger on the street. <laughs> it's like and then you just have like if you're like a cop that day you're just like you're insane yeah well it's like you're just random like okay like zaneville is not like a metropolis it's a decent sized town but like so you're just doing your thing like okay it's like another shoplifting uh, let me go see someone overdose whatever and it's like oh by the way there's like 40 african animals just running around and some of them might kill you you have to go catch them all like what the fuck yeah, they put all of them down, I think. There should be a movie about that, or like a documentary. Uh, I'm sure Lifetime tried to do something, right? Lifetime? What is Lifetime going to do with that? I don't know. I feel like, you know, that's right up. That's one of those like TV movies. And I feel like the- we could make a Hallmark movie where that's like, so it would be that. I think they're owned by the same network. So that one of the tigers that got released, you know, he goes back to the wild, or she, she goes back to the wild and meets like, the wild tiger you know and but she's how does she get back no but to she's no but she was dating <laughs> hold on hold on she was dating a guy in the city at zanesville she's dating a guy in the city and then she goes back she goes back to india she's an indian tiger and then she falls in love with the country tiger you know it's like yeah he doesn't have a lot of money but he makes her laugh no, 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 and no, no, makes this, her this makes her feel, work this doesn't no, work makes her feel good for the first time then yeah that's every no, 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 miss- every Hallmark movie. It, it's Christmas too. Is that what you're saying? No, I was no. Miss? See, see, the real movie would be this. They would be like some ladies just driving her, you know, Honda Accord, you know, down the road, and uh, 
sees like a little tiger cub in the middle of the road and she puts it in her car and then is trying to find, you know, home for it. And then she finds out that they killed all the animals that escaped. So she doesn't want to tell anybody. And she winds up meeting this dude who used to be like a zookeeper or something. And like, they're taking care of the tiger and then like they fall in love and then they go to India and release the tiger into the wild. That's your Hallmark movie. No, no. Hallmark movie. Yes, it is. It's always someone, some, it's the city girl coming home to the country. Yeah, sure. She's still the city girl coming home. She just, you know, she just lost, she just moved oh, back that, from no, New okay, York. Okay. So now I got it. Okay. So she is the city girl, right? But she's, she's in a big firm in Columbus, right? And there was no, no, at the beginning of the movie, like, and she's out yeah, there. Yeah. She's putting together this class action suit and it's whipping her ass. It's tough. It has to do with water. We yeah. haven't had one of those movies in like five years. Yeah. Right? The water's bad. Water fracking, rights. fracking. There's lots of fracking. <laughs> sure. She's looking into it. She finds the cub. She doesn't tell anyone. The only guy that she knows that has a zoology degree, you know, and works in a zoo is someone she went to high school with. Ex-boyfriend. Ex. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. And they, they got to go. And then she, her fiance from the city, who's also a big time lawyer, let's make him a thoracic surgeon. So, but he's a dick. <laughs> he's a dick, right? Everybody hates this guy. It's a so, really specific. Yeah. <laughs> so she's got, <laughs> she's got to break up with him now because she's in love with the, uh, the zoologist from high school. Who's changed by the way. He always made her laugh, but now he's, now he's got his shit together too. He was too much. Yeah, but of- he's still, they're, they're secretly taking care of the tiger cub and then they fall in love, right? Yeah. So, yeah, but we're, yeah, we're blending. That that's, we're blending. Yeah. Like, I'm just helping yeah. you. I made a better movie, obviously. So, you know, Hallmark, if uh, you're listening to this or anybody's got any connections and you want to buy that script, that spec script right on, you know, sight on scene, just reach out, let us know. Yeah. I mean, it- we, can, we can put it in Christmas time. We can get some snow. Fake snow. Yeah, I think it, I think we'd be willing to let it go it for work. what fifty thousand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, after you know, after taxes are taken out. Yeah. Right? So let's just figure that in in there too as well. Right. We could executive so, produce. Uh, yeah. Straight to Blu-ray yeah, credit. <laughs> no, you just put that. Yeah, just put it straight to streaming. No, no, no. That's better. We're gonna go Blu-ray. We're gonna <laughs> catch everybody off guard. Can you still buy a Blu-ray? I'm I sure you can. Know. It's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can. But there's bonus features. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's go ahead and get those bonus features. Uh yeah, I don't know what sorry that this doesn't have anything to tans- do with Tanzania because we went to it, we went to tigers and they aren't even wildlife tigers. They're not even an African. It. So I don't know what to do here. Well, they're I mean big cat. <laughs> tigers are big cat and but yeah, lions. we could we could talk about that. Yeah, we could talk about the lions. The lions in the show, where there's the uh, the blonde lady. Uh, I believe her name is what was her name? Evangela Jansen. Might have gotten the first name slightly wrong. I'm not sure, but she's like a Swedish researcher, and she's trying to she's doing like this study on lions and the Maasai people, which are basically this nomadic tribe that she's basically one bad day much- from being in Tears of the Sun. <laughs> All right, I made myself laugh. That's all that matters. I don't care about anyone else. <laughs> or she's um you probably still have never seen this movie. I think it came up on podcast a while ago, but the uh um Medicine Man, Sean Connery. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that. <laughs> what is it? Did you you probably already told me on the other one? Yeah, yeah. It, well, he's like this dude who's like living with these tribes people in um South Africa, he's trying to find a cure for cancer. And uh, 
what's her face? The therapist from the Sopranos. Lorraine Bracco. Yeah. She's like uh part of the same like research team or group or whatever. And she's sent down there to like bring him back and like he won't come back and until his work's done kind of thing or or no she's sent there to like replace him i think but he's been down there for like you know 10 years so like he's part of the tribe kind of thing and there's like somebody building a road through like the amazon too it's going the chinese on destroying the plants yeah oh the, the amazon never mind probably uh, that's africa it's china it's just building roads through there and they, they know what's up yeah like oh yeah oh you guys need a road sure we won't take anything oh what are all these minerals for making batteries these are here? That's crazy. <laughs> we just built your road and there's all these minerals for making better. Ah, it's crazy. Hey, well, if we could work out a deal, if we could work out a deal, I'll just say, we could build you a mine. We could build you a railroad. You, you guys want a railroad? Would you like a railroad? <laughs> Give you a railroad? Yeah. Although the, although the, Ameri- the American way is just like, hey, how about some democracy? Huh? How's that sound? What? You got all these minerals for making batteries. We just gave you democracy. Isn't that cool? What if, what if we, what if we gave you the choice to give us some of that? You know what I'm saying? We're going to have to put like a, a thing for this 20 minute chunk of the episode that has nothing to do with the episode. That's the whole point though. It's just us talking out of our like, ass. Uh, we also um, solve uh, world politics. Yeah. Okay. So we've already, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ben's limited knowledge of world affairs, uh, terrible Hallmark movies that we had to, we both made a semi-decent one, then we put them together. It's going to be great. Um, okay. Can we just get to, would you eat the coagulated blood? Cause I'm going to say no. No, I wouldn't. So if you haven't seen the episode, um, basically the Maasai people, they're the nomadic, you know, tribe, they raise cows are, are the main thing. And the cows like the currency, but that's all they eat. They eat protein. Like it's hundred percent protein diet. So it's blood, meat, dairy. Uh, apparently they're great marathon runners can just run forever. But because Bourdain's like a guest there, they have him suffocate a baby goat, which he does deliver a pretty great line where he's like, now many of you are going to find this next part disturbing. <laughs> And he has to suffocate this baby goat to death because the blood all goes into like the central cavity and then it like coagulates and it looks just like chunks of like strawberry jelly. Yeah, that's a good way. Like, in, yeah, in between jelly and jello because it's not quite jello. Yeah, but like really dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, did you also, so I didn't know if it was this the suffocation that did that or you do remember them just punching it in the chest, right? <laughs> over and over. Cause that, that was also a part of it. Right. And I thought that, see my dumb ass is like, Oh, you just knocked the shit out of it in the chest and all the blood will go there. I think I, it's probably a combination of both. They tried to frame it as because the goat was suffocated and it wasn't like you didn't cut an artery. All the blood stays in there and it pools in the chest cavity. Um, so that was the explanation that we got in the episode that they were trying, you know. I don't know if that makes sense, like, medically. I don't, I mean, I'm not a goat doctor, number one. I should preface this. It's just, I think that's why they, they beat the cavity. Well, that's why I think it's a combination of both. Like, they probably broke, they probably broke its ribs and stuff, yeah. Not a good way to go out if you're a goat. No, no, that's a pretty rough way to go out. Because, like, we, 
like usually on here it's very humane and yeah it's pretty quick yeah knife to the throat bleed it out hang it upside down kind of thing yeah i mean i'm sure our vegan listeners are like it's never humane but i mean if you had the choice i want the steel rod through the skull i don't want you to choke me and then break my ribs with your feet no country for old men style yeah cattle uh I forget what that's called. It's not cattle prod, but it's, yeah. It's some kind of piston. I don't know. A death piston. Compressed air. Just right to the brainstem. Yeah. So I would not eat the blood jelly. Uh, Also, no thanks on the goat kidney. I'm going to pass on that as well. Yeah. You know, what's crazy is I was looking at that and he ate a big chunk of it. Like, I thought he's going to, like, cut him off, like, a little taste. I think you have to. I think it's rude if you don't. No, I know. But I was like, I was like, dude, like, easy with the fucking piece here. <laughs> like, he had to think that. He had to think, like, why are you going to a fucking big piece, dude? You know what I'm saying? It was such a big old hunk. It's pretty big. I mean, if that was cookie dough, I'd be like, hey, man, easy with the fucking <laughs> too much of a good thing. <laughs> Except it's fucking kidney. That shit out of here. Yeah. No, thanks. The honey beer, I didn't quite... I was like, isn't that just mead? Isn't really just honey wine? Like, what what makes it honey beer? Like, because it's just in a bucket. It was in the five gallon like green bucket, and they just brought it out. I'm like, yeah, we got some beer. I don't even remember that part. It was it was after he ate the the goat kidney. Yeah, I kind of stopped paying. I was like, okay, I got this one. <laughs> yeah, that does just sound like mead. But all like I remember being in the Coke Museum in atlanta and they have at least at the time i don't know if they still have this but they used there's a coke museum it's actually really cool here's why so you go through and like you learn about oh, okay you start, i don't actually know if they have this in the museum but it's true like oh it used to be cocaine like blah blah, blah. they still use the the cocaine leaves in the production of it but you get to the end and they have every coke from around the world so they have like three or four hundred different drinks like every, like, so it's every product, like they have Powerade, they have, but there was something from Africa and it had like actual honey and like other stuff in it. And, but it's really cool. Like tasting and some, I mean, obviously like we were talking about like our palates are different earlier. Some of that shit. I'm like, bro, if you're drinking this, we've got a problem. Like this is absolutely terrible. It's like some are just really medicinal and things, but, um, yeah, I don't know why, but I remember tasting one with honey. And I just thought of that with like African honey beer. Was there a limit on no. how many of those you could try? No. Or were there yeah. like, just whatever? You just, I mean, I don't think you're ever going to go to it. You might go to Atlanta. There's probably some good restaurants there. If you do, like it's self-guided. Like it's, it's if they, I would check and see if they still have it, but it's worth just going in there and being able to like, oh, this is like what Dutch people drink. This is their favorite drink, their favorite soda. You know, it's pretty cool. Okay. No, yeah. The problem with Atlanta is that it's just a bitch to get around because of the traffic. Yeah. Yeah. No real public tra- I mean, there is some public transportation, but it's what Columbus is going to be like. Yeah. Cause it's, it's the same thing. It's got just Atlanta's got a big ring around the outside and then you just figure out where you fit it. I mean, that was what would be crazy is when I was doing sales um, and we would go to Atlanta depending on what side we were going to, if you had to cross Atlanta, you basically just had to allot an extra two hours. 
I mean, because it's like, yeah, dude, we got to be there at 11. Well, we're going to plan like we're going to be there at nine. And guess what? Sometimes it's 10, 15 and you're like, shit, we're not even there yet. Like, it's just crazy. Atlanta is no joke with traffic. It's like up there with Houston, I think. I've never been to Houston, wow. but like. I've never been to Houston. But you hear I, I about it. Houston's yeah, 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 yeah. It, is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. What have you always heard? It's the worst. Boston. How about D- I've heard. No, I've heard D.C. And yeah, D.C. is I bad. I've. L.A. See, I've been in like rush hour traffic head downtown in D.C. Didn't think it was that bad. Because you're going downtown at night. Flip that around. But no, I was going the way that like there are. That's apparently like the bad way to go. Oh really? Okay, I would have thought everybody's. Leaving. That's what everybody was saying. They're like, "You should, you should try, get a Uber over to the metro station, take the metro down." And I was like, "I'm just gonna take an Uber down and be faster." And they're like, "Oh, traffic's terrible." And I was like, "I got down there fine. It took like 40 minutes. It's fine." Maybe you got lucky though. No, maybe. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. Like you do it again. Like next time you go to do it, it's like an hour and a half. You're like, God damn it. Maybe not. But yeah, I've always heard DC and Atlanta are like the two worst in traffic. Yeah, Atlanta sucks, man. So for traffic. But yeah, Coke Museum's cool. Great aquarium. Yeah, I think like that was state of the art when they built that thing too. Yeah. Um no longer can you see the Braves downtown. They're out Fulton County. Yeah, 45. Yeah, like 45 minutes from or maybe it's not even Fulton County anymore. Is it? It's Gwinnett, I think. I think Gwinnett County. It used to be SunTrust Stadium or Field, but then SunTrust got bought by somebody else. So I don't know what it's called now. Yeah. Their new stadium. It's definitely outside Let's of the, see where it is. the freeway loop around the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's no public transportation out there. Truest Park. <laughs> it's a terrible name for a bank. I think it was BB&T bought SunTrust. Year and a half ago, maybe. It's in Cobb County. That's it. Yeah. Got an address on this bad boy. It looks really nice from what I've seen. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. But it's like. And then they got, uh, I don't know if they still do the Mr. Freeze racing people out the bleachers. Oh, I don't know about that. There's this dude who's working on the grounds crew and he tried out for like the Olympics. And I think he might have been like an, he might have been an alternate or something. But he didn't quite make the team, but he's like a, you know, pretty much a professional sprinter. And so they would, they had some sort of weird sponsorship deal with like some sort of like gas station or something for one of those like freezy drinks, you know, yeah. bright blue colored or whatever you like an icy essentially, but it was called something else. So they started doing this thing where they would pull somebody out of like the bleachers and, you know, and they, they would give the guy a head start running the warning track from like foul pole to foul pole. Mm-hmm. You could look this up on YouTube. It's pretty hilarious. And so he would give the guy a head start and then you just see him just, he just goes and he's just, just hauling and just catches him usually like, like about two thirds the way through. And like the one time, like it was like the guy like looked over like in the, like a double take, like he was shocked he was there and then like fell down or whatever. Oh, that's hilarious. I think he's been beat like once or twice. He gave somebody like too much, too big of like a head start, but it's on YouTube. Like check it out. It's pretty hilarious. It's like five minutes to watch. Wasn't there also a guy that was doing the redoing like beer lines or something in, in the brave stadium and ended up like getting locked in an area and died or something. I don't know about that. I really, I really should have a story before I start. <laughs> I mean, 
these are some pretty crazy claims I'm just throwing out there. <laughs> this um, dude died in a beer fridge. Beer stadium. Death stadium. I don't know. Yeah, he got trapped in a cooler. Brave stadium. So um, he invented something. What year was this? This is 2018. So it's the guy that like, you know, how, like it's so much quicker to get a beer at a ball state, like a ballpark now or what he, or I don't know if it's all of them haven't adopted it, but he came up with this system that was like, I don't know if they're going to have a stat for me here, but essentially let's just call it twice as fast or whatever. So you can really move the lines and everything. And it was this huge deal. So he was in there installing it at the brave stadium, got locked in a cooler and died. That's like those, it's just, yeah, it's one of those weird things where you're like, yeah, you should have really put like a bucket in front of the door or something, huh? It's just like something you don't think is going to happen. Like, can you imagine you get locked in there? Always keep your cell phone on you or something, yeah. Yeah, but then, okay. So you're in there. It's a big metal box. Is there service? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's shitty. I'm trying to think. I wish I knew the name of the company. His name was Todd Keeling, but... um that one definitely got swept under the rug because I never heard about that. Yeah, just a crazy story, man. Uh, I'm trying to think of what the name of the... Uh... Oh, yeah, they blame the Braves for having dangerous conditions. Anyway, Tanzania. Um... <laughs> but just uh, a little wrap. I mean, I think we can wrap up with just kind of random notes. Um, so the Maasai people... Um... The one thing I wondered kind of too was how often, like they're always protecting the cows from the lions. And I was like, I wonder how often one of those lion gets hungry enough and just takes out a, one of the tribesmen. Yeah, that's a- like, what are the, cause they showed like, you know, like that they killed a lion that was trying to attack like the, the cows and they showed like the skeleton cause they used the meat and everything from the lion that they killed. But I wonder how often it's like, uh, you remember that Michael Douglas movie? Uh, with Val Kilmer. I know what it is, but I've never actually seen it. I think it's called like Ghost in the Darkness, but they're basically like in Africa and they're trying to build this railroad and the lions are like eating all the workers. Yeah, what is the name of that? I think it's called The Ghost in the Darkness. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. It's not it, It's not a terrible movie. It, I haven't seen it in years, so it might actually be kind of terrible if I watch it now. But but yeah, you know, I wonder how often that the lion gets one of the, one of the guys. Uh, would you eat that or drink, I should say, that Amasi, that lumpy yogurt thing? No. I was going to pass on that. It was coming out of like, it looked like it was coming out of like a bullhorn, but it was like, they said it like yogurt drink, but to me, it just looked like curdled milk. Hard pass on that. Uh, the chief, apparently, of like their tribe had four wives, 12 kids, one of which was studying at Montclair University in New Jersey. I was really confused by like the setup for that. I was like, so do they just get to go abroad and like study and then come back? Everybody's English was like really good in this episode. Like every single person they talked to spoke like fluent English. Really surprising. Yeah. That surprised me too. It's a great point. They said 30,000 lions remain at the time of filming. I don't, I don't know if lions are still on the endangered species list. Um, they're vault listed as vulnerable now, apparently. I don't, so they're not critically endangered. 
Oh, okay. In West Africa, species is now classified as critically endangered. So I guess it's probably still hasn't changed too, too much from when they filmed it. Um, the Maasai have cell phones, apparently. And at the time of filming, one and a half billion dollars was spent on tourism just to see like the animals on the safari and stuff. That's a lot of money. Yeah, and there's some there's some struggle going on between like, at least I remember her mentioning kind of what's more important. Is it the wildlife or the Maasai people? Did you, do you remember hearing that? I thought that was kind of a weird- Yeah, she was basically, it was kind of like her study was trying to prove that they both needed each other and they both should be protected kind of thing. Cause they live, you know, like every once in a while a lion gets a goat, but like every once in a while they get one of the lions. But for the most part, they all kind of move together. And like when, you know, a, a cow or whatever just kind of dies naturally. I think the lions kind of pick up the pieces and stuff. And they were also talking about like the lions kill the big shit. You know, you need it to like kill the wildebeest or take down a giraffe or something. Cause then all these smaller animals are able to, to eat too and survive. Yeah. So it's like, if you took it out of the ecosystem, then you would just have like too many wildebeest cause there'd be nothing to kill, nothing to kill it. You know? Um, what was your rewatchable scene? It was either, I put either it was going to be the street food or just him driving through the Serengeti with the guide, that Colin guy. It's one of those two. Yeah. I, I think for me, it's like just getting to that resort and like seeing, like, it's kind of that whole introduction to the resort where it's like you see the, yeah, the caldera and all that. Yeah. And the fruit, the big, lots of big, huge table full of fruit. Um, would you go there? Yeah. I mean, I think the two places that he pretty much featured look really cool. Agreed. I think that, like, I mean, it's probably, you know, looking back on it, probably that or, or like Cape Town and South Africa would be pretty cool. Um, but there's, there's some cool parts of Africa that'd be cool to visit. But one thing learned, I just, all the stuff about like the Maasai people, just hundred percent protein diet, like, you know, they're constantly moving around all that stuff. There's a lot, there's a lot to be learned because, you know, you don't ever really come across Tanzania, uh, in world history class. So <laughs> best quote, there's a couple options. He says when he's at the resort, even the toilet has a nice view before they like transition to a different scene. He's like, he's like, you're not going to go shoot a beautiful animal in the brain, are you? And it's really the the safari scene that comes after. I think probably even the toilet has a nice view is probably the winner out of those three. Yeah, mine was uh, idyllic natural setting, functional plumbing. It's pretty much paradise. That's what I wrote down because that is true. Uh, no real guest host food. You'd want to try the brownies. Pri- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the pesto pasta and the brownies. The pesto pasta. I would definitely say just some of the seafood, street food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was this weird lobster thing. Like they were just throwing stuff out there for like 30 straight seconds, and you're like, wait, well, what was that? You know, like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. For me, I want to try that mayonnaise pizza mess thing. Cause I feel like after some honey beers, okay. that, that, sh- that shit would hit perfect. And then ranking. Uh, I actually had trouble trying to figure out where to put this one. I liked it way more than I thought I would. I want to put it at uh, number 11. It was basically like, did I like this episode better than Vietnam or 
vice versa. And uh, I like Vietnam a little bit better. Maybe I'm just prisoner of the moment type thing, but so that's why I went with 11 on my end. Yeah. Full disclosure, I forgot to look at this part as far as, so I'm doing this, I'm shooting from the hip here. Um, but it is going to be near the top 10 for me, I think. Um, There's a steep drop off, like outside of the top 12. Yeah. Like for me on my list, like once you hit Shanghai, it's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> the quality just. Boom. Um, dude, did I really put. Oh. It's funny too, when you go back and look. I think once you have some time to reflect that you're like, it's like, does it really, is that really where I wanted to put that? The Punjab episode? Is that what you're looking at? <laughs> yeah. Or like, even like where I have the Copenhagen episode or like, why do I have Libya number 12? Is that me? Yes, that's you. Okay. Yeah. So we, we are going to redo your list. We'll, we'll go back through uh at the on the season finale we'll go back through and we'll do yeah that could be a whole fucking episode right there because i don't know what i'm doing here uh i got some fucked up ratings man well if we have to spin it off to its own special episode yeah ben re-ranks the first four seasons of parts unknown ben takes 10 edibles and tries to figure out (laughs) kidding um shit man i mean i think i think it's number 12 for me Twelve, okay. But did I like it? I might have liked it better than Vietnam. It was close for me. We'll put it twelve for now, and then uh, okay. This is important stuff. Sounds good. All right. Anything else? Anything else in the spoon mob world? We need to uh, stacking up a bunch of chef interviews. So those will be rolling out. Uh, just finished doing a little restaurant week. Thing here in Columbus, just highlighting a bunch of different places. Kind of put out a podcast every day for a week, just on different Columbus places. So now we'll be kind of moving on to back to some other restaurants and outside of uh, Columbus for a little while. So just felt like we had like too much kind of in the backlog for like Columbus stuff. And I was like, well, I could, this could be like three months or we could just kind of do it all in a week. And, and I mean, it, it seemed to work out. So, um, you know, if I ever backlog of stuff again, might do another one. But um I'm trying to think what else. Definitely working on writing up a bunch of new stuff for the webpage. Um, but yeah, so this comes out Wednesday. So tomorrow there'll be a Chefs and Guests episode. That's with Brett Fife, who's the chef, executive chef over at Ghostwriter Public House, which is out in Johnstown. Um, so he was like the chef at Lindy's for like a decade. Uh, he also worked for Cameron Mitchell when like Cameron Mitchell was first starting out Hyde park when it was before it like got too corporate. So it was pretty cool. Um, he was like really early on a lot of corporate places before they became like too corporate, but, uh, yeah, he's doing cool stuff out there in Johnstown. So definitely check that place out if you get a chance, but the podcast with kind of more information on it comes out tomorrow with him. It's about like two hours. Check that out. That'll be in the feed, uh, in the morning. And other than that, yeah, just, trying to put out more content man so that's that's interesting because i've seen like kind of this kind of stuff he's serving a ghostwriter you know and it seems like i don't think of lindy's the same way did you guys like get did you guys get into that yeah okay yeah 
Yeah, because basically like Lindy's, you know, it was this family run restaurant for a very long period of time. And eventually they got bought um, by the same group that owns Bravo and Brio. It was like all part of the same group at one point. Yeah, never really knew that because uh, he worked at Brio and Easton for a little bit too before he went to Lindy's back like 09, 08, somewhere in there. But um, yeah, he just talks about how like at Lindy's it was basically he only got to really be creative with like a quarter of the menu. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like the people that own the restaurant, they have this uh, restaurant furniture company. So they make a bunch of different like industrial furniture for like Shake Shack, uh, Wendy's, like a whole bunch of places and stuff. So the, so when you go into the restaurant, it's all, basically a showcase, a living showcase for all the different stuff that they could do mm-hmm. for a restaurant, like almost like a showroom. Okay. But you eat there. It's really cool. But yeah, he has full like creative freedom over the menu. You can do whatever he wants, puts what, you know, what, whatever. And we get into all that, like, cause he had stuff that before COVID food costs, all that stuff. So it's really cool. He kind of breaks it all down. He's a really nice guy. That's all. Yeah. I mean, if you talk to him for two hours, he must be cool. You know, it's yeah. kind of hard to milk that if the guy, if the guy's not cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like 10 minutes in like, Jesus, bro, what am I doing there? All right. Yeah. So I just, I was curious about that, but we can, uh, we can go ahead and wrap, but uh, yeah, check all that stuff out. Appreciate everybody listening. Um, yeah. We'll be doing parts known pretty regularly going forward. I think we'll try and do two episodes next week. So we kind of get caught up or I think we're like a week behind technically. So it's Iran and like Massachusetts. So I don't, I don't remember too much about the Iran episode. I don't think I enjoyed it too, too much, but. I do remember a good bit from it. I think. That's... Biggest producer of saffron, I believe. Right. Or is that Pakistan? Ooh, I don't know the answer to that. I think it's Iran. That's why paella is so expensive. Anyways, uh, that's it for this episode. Check out all the other podcasts and we'll talk to you guys next week.